so I was surprised. So but my my philosophy these days, like I used to when I was younger, I would look at all the trailers early for movies and shows I was interested in. I would look at, you know, like I'd, I'd be very invested from the beginning. I'd be reading stuff about them online. I tend to steer away from that now. A lot of it just from a time perspective and convenience, like I got other things to do. But some of it um, is just because I end up disappointed sometimes in the reaction of the fans. Okay. So like, I was surprised, like, what do you think the, um, the audience reception, do you know what the audience like kind of, uh, I don't, this is one of those things where I watch and it, I don't follow any star Wars. I don't go into Reddit. I really, I, I I didn't either. I am isolated from it. Um, so no, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. So even watching it on the day that it comes out, like the night, it's been out since like, you know, 12 a.m. of mm-hmm. that day. So like, I, I you know, I got to steer clear anyway, because like people are immediately, like people are watching it like the second it drops and immediately dropping their dissertation on what they think of the episode on Reddit, for example. So like, I steer clear of that that subreddit and everything else kind of in general. But like, so the, the fan reception for this season, when I last looked at it on like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, was 50%. Oh, that's very low. The critical uh, uh, reception was like I think like um, like ninety. It was around ninety. I want to say makes sense. Uh, it's it's probably changed. Again, this was like a couple episodes before it ended, so like who knows? But and I was like, what? I was like, why are people like why you know? And first of all, my thoughts was like I enjoyed it. I thought um, it was overall. I, I liked the season. Um, you had, of course, a couple of like filler little episodes in there, but I didn't think they were like it didn't bug me at all. A lot of people upset about Jack Black and Lizzo. Yeah, yeah, showing that, up in that the I heard. That I heard. Yeah, you can't get away from that one. That breaks through. Yeah, and like you know, whatever. Like overall, like I feel like if you're going to be upset because recognizable people show up in the universe, then like how do you like Bill Burr showing up? Can you like Bill Burr, but then be mad? That's just you saying, I don't like these people and don't want them in at that point. You're not the argument of like, Oh, you're bringing in people from the real world and it's, it's ruining my immersion because it's silly. Then you can't, you know, and Bill Burr was great. He was, he was fantastic. And, and like he was, well, actually let me say this. He was nothing special, but also nothing weak. Like, like he was a he character. He was just a solid character. Yeah, he was a solid Jack character. Black, could be in anything, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, like I... Jack Black is welcome in anything, anytime. <laughs> I wish he'd been in the D and D movie. He would have been fantastic. <laughs> Bring him in the next one. Um, Jack Black is great. And then, like, it was very heartwarming from the other side. Like, I don't like Lizzo's not in my sphere of you know entertainment. Like, she's peripheral. Like, I see she's in stuff. I see what's going on. But like, I don't listen to her music particularly. I've heard it at the gym. It comes on. Um, you know, uh, but, before you continue, if you will watch anything of hers, ha- watch Lizzo goes day drinking with Seth Meyers. That does sound fun. It does. Cause it is Go on though. Lizzo's. But it was heartwarming to see. So like, she was so excited to be in star Wars because that's something she grew up watching, like with her dad and like, she wanted to be in this. And then she got like her like letter or offer or whatever. And she was just like, she cried. She was so happy. Um, she's she went on to say, like, I mean, I'm in a Disney property as royalty now in it. So I'm a Disney princess. Like, it's sweet. Like, I don't know how, like, other than just people disliking her for who she is, like, I, I you know, again, like, was it a, a soft episode? Yeah. But when you see the pacing following it, 
you kind of needed a bit of a, a break yep. emotionally yep. before you got into like the heavier stuff. So they were going to do something anyway that was like a bit let's you know relax for a minute and do something a little side adventure before we get real serious. I thought the finale was like fantastic. Um, other than overall, the season being a little bit compressed in terms of time, which is something you run into and um, when the TV show has a story to tell, <laughs> like if they're just meandering, then you can be, it can be whatever, you know, in the one-off adventures, it didn't feel as compressed. I want to say because you had less, but with so much going on, right. The right. Mandalorian getting to Mandalore, trying to tie all these threads together. We only had, what was it like eight episodes? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think overall they progressed the story. It was entertaining. They tied everything up in that last one. And I liked it because I was I was a little worried that we'd end on a super cliffhanger because we know oh, another season's okay. confirmed. Right, right. We know another, and it's like how how hard are we gonna go into this kind of cliffhanger situation? And like, you know what? Like technically, you know, if this was the last one, like if this was the last season, it ended like it ended nicely. And I think that's still okay, even if you're continuing a story you don't have to do it like that's something that tv shows tend to do they want to keep you hooked so it's like every at the end of every season there's a big like oh now you gotta wait to see this resolution and this just feels good to, for there to be a like a checkpoint where like you've accomplished something definitive i uh i i definitely agree <clears throat> and i think that there were definitely episodes in this season where you veered away from the mandalorian right and you're following the bigger picture I was concerned that they were going to kill him off because they could continue. I thought they might. They, could, they can continue the Mandalorian story without him. Um, but I loved, I really, really loved how they threw a very simple line and said, well, now you have to take your apprentice into his own adventures. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. You just set up the next season. And the next season is, and you know what I would fucking, oh my God, I, I, I hope, I hope and pray, dude, that the very first episode starts with the Mandalorian and Din Grogu running away from something that they were into and having to get back into the ship and like, and him telling him, I told you not to grab that or something, just a, a straight like Indiana Jones intro. I would fucking love that because that would set the tone of like, no, this is what it's supposed to be. Why are you taking this so serious? These are very some... insignificant characters in a huge universe and story. They're not even supposed there to were, be here. There were some very Star Wars specific, like feeling moments in that final episode. Yes. It felt very Star Warsy. And again, you could sit there and, and fix it on like, why how does he track them for sure like if he's able to track them why can't he do this why did why was he able to just push a button and flush the clones like wouldn't there be like a password protected login like you get into the silly stuff but like use that same critical eye on episodes four five and six and you're going to run into this same problems because it's not as like these are like if you look at these as stories being told and some of those details just aren't as important if you're telling a story like you're not going to sit there and say well here's how he Here's how we crack the code, or here's how the the feel is right, right? Yeah, like him no, running around, having it. having R five do the R two D two astromech side of it, you know, and getting his little redemption arc. Hey, if it wasn't for that blown motivator, he would have been great in episode four. <laughs> he would have been just fine. Also, um, R five is a hero, just like uh, just like every other one. And the 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 yes, the the no 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 yes yes. I mean that shit yes. is it's 
it's look they they i don't think they could have done anything differently that would have turned me on even more to like what is the next thing that's going to happen because now here's the thing like look that the whole story about mandalore and everything it was great very cool very cool I did not sign up. And again, I, I'm that individual, maybe. I didn't sign up for that. I love that story. And I and I hope they get their own story. I really hope yeah, yeah. they get their own story because I would love to hear more about that. From episode one, dude, from the very first episode, they did this thing where you're like, you're dealing with a very unique individual. And it feels like a, nin- like a samurai movie. It feels like a Western. It feels like all these different things that's what I got hooked into. And, and the fact that he's been a part of a much larger mission and a much larger story and everything has been great. But my initial, like I'm in, this is, this is who, this is who I'm, this is who I'm a fan of. This is the team that I'm, that I'm wearing the Jersey for was for that. And I love, I like, I love that they brought us back to that. And that, yeah, they gave themselves a license to do that. They did. Exactly. And I, and that, I, I again, I, I look. This season has been fantastic, dude. It's been so fucking cool to see all the Mandalorians. But, and and if they had continued in that sense of like, oh, he's going to stay there and he's going to continue, fantastic. Did you pick up on the homage, like as a, as a standalone moment, Paz Vizsla making his last stand to save the other Mandalorians? Yes. Um. You know, very emotional. A, a nice arc for that character who goes from untrustworthy, envious, yep. um, untrustworthy again of other people, even if he accepted Mando, but still having that untrustworthiness, fighting with the other Mandalorians and then ultimately sacrificing himself in order to cover everyone's retreat. Yes. Um, cl- it ties in like to their other works where there's three other instances of clone troopers wielding automatic weapons that all go down holding the line from the Clone Wars. (laughs) And his death has elements of all of them. His is like, his is like a tie in for uh, heavy when he held the line at the communications. Um, I can't remember the other two names off the top of my head, but there's all three of those. Like I, I I read a piece because after the end of the series, that's when I look at everything about it. Oh, okay. And, I read a piece and I was like, oh, because like I obviously I saw immediately I was like, oh, man, the, the curse of wielding the automatic weapon in <laughs> Star Wars. Like those guys, they go down, but they go down as heroes every time. They are always holding the line. You know, they're the last line of defense. And uh, that was like that was a pretty cool um, tie in with that. And again, like a, a good arc for that character. You know, he had a son. You oh, no. Yeah, continue. he he definitely like, yeah, no. And then especially at the end when they when they when they baptize him in the waters, like, yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, no, it was like, no, the, the sacrifice was worthy like this, you know, and I'm telling you, like, I I was never like Boba Fett was cool in the Star Wars movies. And, and again, I think we all felt like, oh, there's more to him. But if you didn't watch anything outside of the Star Wars movies, you were like, OK, he was a cool character did his thing and has lived in lore. And even though this was not about him, the the lore that they built around that type of people yeah. has been exceptional. And I'm telling you, like, I want to see more of those lone adventures. As much as I appreciated the bigger picture, yeah. I signed up or not I signed up after seeing the lone adventure, the the gunslinger who comes into town by himself and makes 
do with what he has. And he happens to have a, a robot at the first episode that, that is also a gunslinger. <laughs> Here we go, trying to look at the larger picture, too, and see how this fits. And, like, this works because, obviously, they're doing, you know, Filoni and Favreau, like, they're doing what, what was done with Clone Wars, which is adding context and continuity to the Star Wars movie universe. And so what this is helping to do is this is helping to set up the First Order and helping to set up the Emperor being cloned and helping to set up, like, what's going on. And they had to figure out where do you place the Mandalorians and all that because obviously they were absent. They were markedly absent from the new movies, 7, 8, 9. And when there's such a historically <laughs> significant force that everybody either seeks to ally with or oppress because otherwise they're going to be a problem, where were they? And the evolution of their people finally being a little bit more together and a little more, you know, concerned with themselves, maybe as opposed to being outwardly um, combative. Maybe that's why, right? Maybe they finally got their planet. They're finally like hidden on their planet again, like trying to make it easy either that or they had to be destroyed. I was worried about mm. that too. I thought, man, it could, they could lose here again. Mm. You know, we could just watch, you know, the Mandalorians get, get scattered again. And that would suck. Um, but like you had to, you had, they had, they weren't there in seven, eight, nine. So like you have to fit them in the story somehow. So it was it was satisfying to see that people were going so hard. I was reading um, some of the theories people had, like the fact that the second to last episode was called Spies in the plural. People were speculating, was the armorer also a spy for somebody? Oh. Was Axe Wove's going to be a traitor? Was there going to be so like everybody and like none of those things. It was just simplistic. It was fun. It felt Star Wars-y. Uh, in the same sense that like Rogue One has been one of the best newer Star Wars yep. Yep. Um, pictures, like film, anything, media to come out because it just felt Star Warsy. Like they didn't go so hard on the little minutia and details. It just captured the feel and did a fun story. And that's where it started. And that's where you kind of want it to be, I think. Yeah, no, and I'm telling you, and, and look, and I'll forgive... I'll forgive the like, oh, I, there's a little cabin outside of the city or the outside of the you can it's yours. You can be there between adventures. And you're like, bro, you're you literally you're, you're literally telling me what you're trying to accomplish. But I do not care. I am all in on what on what this is, because I'm telling you, I am I am dreaming and I'm calling it right now, Gabe. I want a a Indiana Jones intro where the first five or six minutes is them running away from some something, some cool... Some crazy... They love their monsters. Yes. Favreau and Filoni, I, they're I big want on monsters. That, I want that to be true. I want that fact where he, where they're both running away from something and there's no explanation. It's just that that was the end of an adventure they were on, on a mission. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to know more about it. We don't. You know, like, I, oh, I hope that happens. I hope that happens. No, but I, yeah, like... Part of me, like I said, like I was very afraid that they were going to kill him off, and they're like, "We don't need him," and they don't. They technically don't. They could have kept this. This right. I would have watched an entire another season if they gave me that story. Yeah. Um, but that ending of like, we are going to go episodic. Every episode will be a different adventure, and it might not connect, or it might, but it's about like building the relationship that that we have all fallen for between between Grogu and and Mando. And Mando. You know what's funny too is like I think some people complained about the standalone episodic episodes in the earlier seasons because they didn't progress the greater story, and that's the thing I've uh, unfortunately had to learn. Like I would like to think it was 
you know, a more cohesive and more charitable group. But Star Wars fans, like if you go in the hole, because it's so large, the fandom and the group and the reach of Star Wars, you're going to have every opinion. That's why you've got some very terrible takes and some very terrible behaviors from the fan base. And again, of course, it's not everybody and it's not, you know, um, every individual. But, you know, look at Ahmed Best, um, uh, the um, girl who played... Was it uh, Rose? Was that the character? I can't remember his character. I think it was the character Rose Tika or whatever. But anyway, people who get bullied for being just for being in Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, you know, yes. we've had some awful behavior from the the fan base just as a, at large. And so when you get to something like this, you're gonna have a ridiculous. You're gonna have every opinion. You're gonna have people that love the episodic stuff. You're gonna have people that love the overarching stuff. And conversely dislike the other one just because the fan base is so broad like you cannot please everyone because everyone's watching and uh it's uh it's you know that's why i another reason for me to be disconnected from the overall response because even some people whose uh, channels i follow who i like in terms of star wars stuff weren't as big fans of this season and i was like huh you know like uh, of course there's you know flaws and of course they couldn't put everything they wanted and i actually saw some information where in an interview um, Favreau talked about how that there was, they wanted to make it 10 to 12 episodes, but then they wouldn't have hit a release this uh, year. Oh, really? Potentially. It might've been delayed until, you know, um, well, I mean, it came out this talking about, I mean, it started anyway, it would have been delayed and like, that wasn't okay with Disney. Like it needed to come out. And so they had to do some significant rewrites in the story to make this season fit as a as its own you know arc. Um, and he said some of the stuff that they were intending to put, or they would have put some of the story they were going to put in season four. And he said season four is going to be fantastic. You know they already know what they're doing. I think they're they're set to start shooting in the pretty you know near future. But uh, yeah, it was interesting that I was trying to find the actual source interview i don't know if it was a video or a um article because like what i watched was somebody addressing it and talking about how from from favreau's mouth there's you know he didn't say like hey disney bad disney made things but he was like alluding to that there was pressure and that they had to make this work in a time frame that they did not want to and so like that led to not being able to tell the story as broadly as they wanted to they had to compress some things and oh wow you know, had to had to get that arc done so um interesting yeah um, of course feloni and Favreau too like i think at the peak of stuff they said they were he said they were like both like on calls and working on like like uh, up to a dozen star wars projects at a time jesus so like very busy um but both still love what they're doing and you know Favreau's basically as long as they want it and as long as he has fun doing it he will do the mandalorian i hope like, he does man like yeah like, like what he did with iron man uh is is, yeah. is the equivalent of what he's doing with the mandalorian and what's well, mm-hmm. not not what he did with iron man is what he's doing the equivalent of what he's doing for disney he is he is rebranding it's a passion project yeah no he's it's just he's it's, bringing that fan yeah and and filoni by the way is a fan that's the other part he's a super fan super fan of like we need to make the story work so for let's not say things were done wrong let's let's see how we can make them right type of scenario yeah how do we make this how do we elevate the entire um uh, galaxy so another thing that they said that 
So like Star Wars Legends are the outside, the books that are not canon anymore. And they said there's going to be, I think the quote was, there's going to be more legend stuff in season four. And that's exciting because they're the guys that have brought into the canon Disney Star Wars, Thrawn, uh, Mount Tantis from uh, Bad Batch, which was part of those Thrawn initial the initial trilogy of books, Air of the Empire, Dark Force Rising, Last Command. Like they brought in a lot of this stuff and concepts from the Legends books and universe into the newer mm. Disney canon, which is you know again they're fans. They take they're trying to bring in all the best stuff from outside, uh, from what's now outside, and bring it in and incorporate it back into the the galaxy again, which is very cool. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, like I, I love, I love the fact that being a fan and and then being allowed to do the, and this is why I like a lot of the, a lot of the things that like the masters of the universe stuff like that. Like, I love that it's people around our age who are like, yeah, I grew up with this. I want to do it right. I'm not trying to, to, you know, like we just talked about transformers, right? Like, you connect that to your toys. You connect it to how are you going to make more money off of this. As opposed to, no, how do I make what I wanted to see as a kid? You can do both. The second you put Grogu inside oh, yeah. of IG-12, oh that's a toy. That's oh, a toy that's going to sell great. You oh my just God. had another By iteration. Way, when, you, when I saw that, I was like, these motherfuckers. Now they just made another toy. They you, sure did. You make Grogu yes, the same yes, size yes. and he can go into that and he can go into his little pod and he can fit in... I'm like you sons of bitches. That is brilliant. they're they're doing the merchandising. Oh, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's one of those things where like, it, it, it there's there's very few things I think that I would feel insanely comfortable taking on as a fan and saying no. I could I I would love a shot at writing this, you know, because I'm like no no because I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for no. I really want to tell this story. I really yeah. Feel I'm not like, trying to build my career off this. Like these guys have a career. They've done things and they're just taking that expertise and applying it. Yeah, and, and you see it in certain things like like the Batman meets the 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 Ninja Turtles, you know? You're like yeah. that you know, when you watch that movie, you're like, it makes everybody look fucking cool. And you're like, this is this is how Batman and, and, and they would meet, and this is how it would work. And and I think crossovers are 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 exceptional when it comes to when it comes to like, uh, uh, you know, like the Avengers, you know, the Avengers films as opposed to individual yeah. films and stuff like that, I think those are incredibly important. And I think they they have to come from some sort of mega fan base that says, oh, yeah, I am trying to make this. I think that might be the biggest difference. Not that the people in the DC stuff aren't fans, but like, do you think that that like because like obviously the right people got into Marvel to like build up. And then and, and now we're seeing kind of what happens when you're at that peak success and you don't know where to go because you're seeing some hits and some misses. Like initially it was all hits, you know, and you had people that really were passionate about what they were doing involved uh, directly in making and building this up to this crescendo that was, you know, Avengers Endgame. DC has like, you know, they haven't quite hit like, you know, they've got some good stuff, but like it's just not the same. Uh, energy it seems like in their in their films and you know what and and actually we mentioned redline earlier i was watching that film and i was like this reminds me of a dc animated film i watched decades ago called gotham knights it was like 
seven different stories of Batman by seven different artists and seven different writers, but all coming together. And you're all like, that's cool to do because that's a fan, you know, yeah. that isn't a corporation like deciding like we need to do this. No, that, that's we make the most money out of this. Almost like the Animatrix, you know, like it was mm -hmm. one of those things. And, and And I will say this, like, I just watched the Doom that came to Gotham from DC. DC Animations is doing the animated really, stuff has been better. It's fantastic work. Why is there such a disconnect between the two? And and again, look, it's probably budget, right? Like it takes two, three million to make an animated film, if even that. And it takes fucking 120 million to make the Flash or Justice League and stuff like that. So I get that. I get that. But at the same time, like you're losing focus. And yeah. an, an independent film done from the heart will a lot of times do a ton better than a movie that gets dropped a bunch of money es on it. Especially to connect with a very involved and very passionate fan base, right? Because like they, you know, your fan base is going to pick up on the corporate, the corporate bullshit and like, just be like, no, like you did this wrong, you know? And of course there's going to be that pressure because the the corporate side of it wants that big return they want this movie to be a massive hit they want it to be the you know the friggin original avengers like they want it to be that level and so there's that pressure to do that instead of just you know what let's make the best we can and let's make the fans happy like that's not what's happening in the back <laughs> at the top level of those discussions they're not saying that they're saying how do we make this into what they did yeah and and again the but again it's a business right like if i was a business owner it is and you're telling me that my you know, my $50, $70 million investment isn't going to get me my money back times three. But that's the secret to success is the problem. Is the, the secret to the success is doing the thing that connects with the fans. But even then, look, even then, look, I I, I have nothing against Shazam, dude. It, he was just never a character I followed. I right. have no interest in watching those Shazam movies. And I watched the first one and I was like, okay, I have no interest in part two. And I watched Black Adam. No interest in another... Like, it, at a certain extent, like you got to do something with the character too. Like that's worthwhile yeah. to me. And again, well, I, that's where he, like guardians of the galaxy was wild is because oh, like yeah. they were like, well, even like, even the original like stuff they did take, like Iron Man was like not a top tier character before they picked him up for the movie. Like he was not like your top property as Marvel, you know, they'd farmed out Spider-Man who was a big deal. Well-known, you know, it's not that, I remember it was a nobody, but like that wasn't like your first pick if you were going to go do a story necessarily. And the Guardians of the Galaxy was another one where like a little bit more obscure. Like I'd, I'd never heard of it before. Not that I'm a big comic person, but, you know, they weren't again, they weren't like your your most known characters, but it worked, you know, and, and you did know, something interesting. And, you know, it's funny. I was I was just listening to the latest episode of um, uh, Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith, and he was talking about. He was talking about the popularity. Um, hang on, let me make sure I get this right. He was talking about um, he had just seen the new uh, trailer for the Marvels. Uh, have you seen it? I don't think so. No. So the Marvels are the, the the three characters, right? There's the Disney Plus TV show about the the young girl who can stretch and like, you know make her things, mm -hmm. and then Brie Larson from the you know yep. from the Marvels movie, and how. And how people were like, oh, God, it's just another stupid, funny film. And as he was talking about it, he was like, well, they're all supposed, you know, like, there's nothing new. They're supposed to be fun and funny. And then he mentioned, he said, he said, except from Captain America to the Winter Soldier, he said, 
most of these movies are supposed to be funny and enjoyable and things like that. That movie was serious. Yeah. And um and I was like, "Oh, I guess that's true." Like I think of Ragnarok, I think of all those I'm like there is some like there is some comic relief that you really appreciate that that brings attention down. But at the same time I'm like, "Yeah, but to me Captain America Winter Soldier is uh, it's borderline one of the best borderline number one and the only one the only one that it honestly has a competition against is iron man which we were just talking about where it's like how do you take a a comic book character that is not well known that can't be very serious yet turn it into a legitimate character that is serious is funny is all those things and you're like yeah and and i'm like oh yeah you're absolutely right like there is a, a great balance that needs to be that needs to be handled incredibly well and done incorrectly you end up with your dc universe um or your your you know your forgotten marvel movies right like there's mm-hmm. you know there's a few but yeah i don't know i um i i i i was not a fan of 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 the marvel's disney plus show i i think the the captain marvel I haven't movie, seen it even yeah the captain marvel movie uh you know it was fine. I, I think my favorite thing was uh, de-aged uh, Sammy Jackson and, uh, <laughs> Sammy, and seeing huh? Sammy. Yep, I was gonna say Sammy J, and then I was like, "Oh, Sammy L. Jackson." <laughs> and so I, I just mixed them. Um, you know I who like he Sammy is. J. I like uh, Sammy J. Though. And then uh, seeing Blockbuster, you know, and Radio Shack. Oh right. Which was which was hilarious because like. As soon as she, as soon as we knew the time period, she fell in. I remember being in the theater and leaning over to my friend and being like, "They're talking about electronics." I was like, "She's going to Radio Shack," like, <laughs> and it happened. And I was like, "See, see." <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I was like, "It was funny to see '90s again." Yeah, um, I will say this right now, Gabe. We are at an hour and a half. Oh yeah, I'm going to probably have to spin this part off into a mini episode. Yeah, and, and throw it in the in midweek. Like, yep. This goes up on Friday. Uh, midweek goes up on Monday. Uh, you know what? This is your Monday. Welcome to the world episode where we talk about Mandalorian and just stuff we like. We geek out. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you on Friday. Have a good one. <laughs>